By the look on your face, this is gonna be good. Well, no, I got I got a big trip coming up in September. Oh, yeah. Now let me first tell you, I first wanted to go to London, okay. Yeah. But then my daughter says she wants to go to London, so I postponed it until we can travel together. Okay. okay. Then I wanted to go to Rome. Wait, you can't travel together now. No, we just there's no time left. I'm just gonna be back in school in September. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, then I want to go to Rome. Oh man, I want to come. And I was gonna text you and say hey do you know anyone in rome they kind of oh, show sure sh- show me around you know show me the you know the cool churches and the... if you want to go to austria i've got yeah. a friend there yeah well i mean i'd like to go, go everywhere there, it's just yeah. a matter of time you know i mean but you know oh. obviously rome you know you have the vatican you oh, have the yeah. you know, beautiful churches i would love to see it so but i was researching rome i couldn't get a good flight for that time at the flights i was looking for it was like a twenty-two hour layover in Istanbul. So you can look at well, that. that could be kind of cool. Well, you can look at it two ways. It's a free trip to Istanbul. Istanbul, yeah. But I've already been. You oh. know what I'm saying? And any way you cut it, I mean, it's a great city. You could go a million times and not see everything in Istanbul. You know, the old Constantinople is this. Now it's Istanbul. Was Constantinople. Right, right. But I'm saying, Why did Constantinople get the worst? Right. right. Nobody's so, business yeah. with the Turks. So. <laughs> so, so well, I'm saying yeah. there's a lot yeah, to yeah, see yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I never went to a museum right. there. They have a great Ottoman history museum, you know, yeah. Turkish history museum, you know, just cool buildings. But you want to go to Rome, and September would be a good time okay. too, because the tourists would be low. But I didn't want to do the 22 hour layover. It's just too much. Okay. okay. So I'm going to Poland. Oh my gosh! All right. I'm going to Krakow. Oh wow. And uh, which is the hometown of Pope John Paul II. Hey, I do have friends in Poland, actually. Yeah, I could, I I might be able to hook you up. And uh, I'm only going to be in Poland a couple of days. I'm going to tour Old Town of of, uh, Krakow, Um, the St. Mary's uh, Cathedral, which is supposed to be a beautiful church. They have one of the most preserved uh, medieval old, you know, center cities in in Europe. Really? Yeah, so it's supposed to be really pretty. Uh, walk around. I want to see some old churches. Uh, I'm going to try to see. Um, they got Pope John, some some Pope John the Paul II. Uh, oh yeah, uh, stuff. He's a big hero. And I'm going to take the one hour train ride, uh, or uh, I don't know if it's a train or a bus to Auschwitz, uh, the concentration camp. Uh, but take some preparation. But also, uh, I will be delivering St. Louis themed clothing. <laughs> to Ukrainian refugees oh great uh, who are being served by the Jewish Community Center of Krakow wow and uh, I'm collecting wow. I'm collecting new uh, St. Louis clothing from STL Style which is a store on Cherokee Street okay and uh, St. Louis Cardinals St. Louis Blues gear to donate to the um, Ukrainian refugees so you Poland want pri- you want some priority gear to take with you why not okay so right. so, so Poland uh, do they want baseball caps? Because I got all sorts of priority rugby baseball caps. Why not? Okay. <laughs> so, 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 uh, you know, depending on how much stuff I have, I might do a little fundraiser for the extra luggage. 
Yeah. Because you know, like if I'm coming with five suitcases, it's gonna be a lot of yeah. money, right? Yeah, are you you're you're paying for all this? Yeah, of course I'm paying for it. You know, so, well, no, the, the, I guess as a monk, I, I'm used to other people paying a, for a, all a, my a, <laughs> STL Styles donating clothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know the clothes, but you know, I mean the trip, I'm paying for it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, when are you leaving? Uh, around the 16th to 17th of September. Oh man, that's gonna be amazing. So, uh, um, I do have I do have some friends in Poland. I might. So what we went? My mission is this: is number one to help. Ukraine refugees. Sure. Number two, to um, uh, I want to uh, help galvanize support for Ukraine locally in St. Louis, uh, grassroots support and support from our public officials, which they could be better. I think our public, you know, our elected representatives in Washington uh, could have done a better job. Uh, and number three, to promote. St. Louis is a destination for those who will become refugees to this country. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. I have a, are we are are we getting many refugees? We're going to start to get them. Yeah, we're going to. They're in the pipeline, and so I want to promote St. Louis as a city. We got a lot. We were good with Afghanis, right? Right. Or, weren't we? Yeah. yeah we well, we we we've, we've got. It's a, it's it's not. It's a slow pipeline, right? Yeah, yeah. They're trickling in, but St. Louis is not on the top of the destination list for Ukrainians, and I'm trying to make it. Uh, I'm trying to do my small effort. Uh, one thing that happened... All right, I get the priory school behind this. One thing I'd like to see, I'd like to see them in South County. Like, there's this thing, you know, a lot of metropolitan areas, immigrants are going directly to the suburbs, right? They don't all have to go to the city because the city of St. Louis does not have the available housing stock that we mm -hmm. had in the 90s that made it possible for the Bosnians. Probably but, doesn't have the grocery stores or... Well, you know, no, it's not... It's a lot of either. these neighborhoods that the Bosnians went to have become affluent neighborhoods. Yeah. Sure. And they have transitioned those four family buildings, four family flats to single family. Well my my sister ran a nursing program and she was like, I will hire a Bosnian. I don't care what their qualifications are. She's like, those people work so hard. So there's a Greek there's a Greek Catholic Ukrainian church in South County. Right, right. And so right, I think it would right. be ideal to kind of put them around the church and some of those apartment complexes you know, near there. I think I know. I think I know a family there too that I could. Okay, and so after to. Poland. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you're going to Poland, and, and then, then I'm flying, the... and I'm going to Israel. Wow, and... boy, I, I don't want to be you going through customs. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well I, I, I've been, I've been, man. I've, I, I've been four or five times. Really? You know what I'm yeah, and uh, I, I they gave me a hard time. Yeah. and <laughs> I have a. a I have a couple of uh, um, popular Israeli YouTubers, Corey Gil Schuster and Gil Kidron. We're going to do videos together. Awesome. Which, which that's pretty exciting. But I'm also going to see all the holy sites in Jerusalem. And uh, and even though I've been to Israel, I've never been to Bethlehem and Nazareth. And so, oh, yeah. and so I'm going to go to Bethlehem and Nazareth this time. And wow. uh, uh, But I also want to go to Caesarea. And uh, the. I also want to go to Caesarea in the north, up near the Lebanese yeah. border, because I hear it's very beautiful. Yeah. And Caesarea was this ancient Roman city. Now's um, the time to go, too, because I'll bet there's like no tourists. Well, I'll be there for Rosh Hashanah, uh, which is oh, a Jewish okay. holiday. Uh, and uh, I will be going to Rosh Hashanah services in Tel Aviv <laughs> on September the 17th. Man, that, I just. I cannot predict your next. <laughs> Move. I, I, I gotta say. Well, I emailed the synagogue and I said, hey, you know, I'd like to, to attend services. 
And, uh, what did they say? And, well, there's a rabbi from St. Louis, co- you know, kind of co-signed for me. Oh, okay. And, and uh, they said, yeah, you're, you're welcome. You know what I'm saying? Man, I don't But know. I also have a, a, a friend there in Tel Aviv who's like this very non-religious Jewish guy, likes to yeah. smoke weed. And, <laughs> and he, he, you know, and... Uh, I'll probably yeah. be I'll probably be hanging out with him <laughs> also after services. I think I would. And he hangs out on the beach. You know, the beach of Tel Aviv is yeah. pretty nice. I yeah. surfed. I yeah. surfed uh, the Mediterranean in Israel. Yeah. Have you been to any of the monasteries in Israel? Yeah, there's one. There's uh, yes, I have though. I couldn't tell you offhand. My memory is like is more like a mulch pile than a filing cabinet. I can I can remember images and things. They're all mixed up in my head. There's one where there's one on the Lake of Gennesaret, and then there's another. Yeah, I well, they have uh, a monastery in in the old city of Jerusalem. Oh yeah, there are monasteries all over the place. The new the, ones. And the thing ones. about the old city of Jerusalem with the Christians is, so the Jewish quarter, you know, the rabbinate runs everything. The the you know, sure, the Israeli government. The rabbinate has two. The Ashkenazi chief rabbi and the Sephardi chief yeah. rabbi. Uh, the Muslim one is actually run by the Waqaf, which Jordan has an influence over that. But the Christian one... I mean, what's a Waqaf? It's like what the trust. The, 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 okay. Yeah. The Christian one, you have the Roman Catholic Church. Uh-huh. You have the, oh, yeah. You have the Greek Orthodox. You have the Russian Orthodox. Yeah. You have the Ethiopian Orthodox. And they're always fighting. You have the Lebanese Maronites. <laughs> you have the uh, Syrian Malkinites. There's yeah. like 20 different churches, yeah, and, yeah. and plus... And some of them share the same church, right, right, too. So, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and then also, there's an Anglican church, there's a Mormon church, there's a Presbyterian church. I mean, everybody wants a piece of Jerusalem. Yeah, But yeah. you know, the Protestants... Don't, don't look up Don't look up priests fighting in... I've seen them before. <laughs> yeah, uh, throwing brooms I, at each I, other. I've been to the Church of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but the thing about it is, is the priests... I mean, uh, the Protestants don't have the prime real estate. No, because they they got there too late. Well, they but then they 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 made alternative claims for the Gordon's Calvary. Yeah, yeah, Calvary. Yeah, it's a, it's a Gordon's Calvary. Yeah. For those that don't know, it's outside of the walls of the old city. Right. Uh, it's 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 uh, I believe it's a British guy. I've been to Gordon's yeah. Calvary. It's, it's in a, it's technically in East Jerusalem, so you're on the Palestinian side when you're there. And he claimed and he claimed with some justification that they would never crucify, they would never execute a criminal within the city walls. But what he didn't take into account was the curvature of the walls. <laughs> like, yeah, well, those, but the walls you see now are built by the Ottomans. Anyway. Right, those right. Are, so, you, so they're yeah. not, it isn't, yeah. Deal, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, it's, uh, I, I was talking to a nun who was in the convent at Bethlehem. And I, I was like, you know, and they supposedly, you know, this is the exact spot where, and I was like, come on, you know, does it really you know, and well, just, well, well, hold on. And her so, answer was, well, it's like, yeah. when you're at the Church of the Holy Substance and they have the that concrete slab where they say, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. say that literally the body of Jesus was on. Yeah, yeah. Do you, in fact, believe that was? Uh, well, that's what I was asking, basically. I was yeah. like, you really, seriously? And she, she had two answers. Yeah. One was, who cares? Right. It's, it's well, I think it's a good, I think that's a good yeah. answer right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's and she said it's the faith of the pilgrims that makes the place holy. Yeah. But then her other thing was like, if you had been there, wouldn't you have remembered? And you'd have told your grandson. Yeah. And you, your grandson would have brought his grandson. I mean, like, the the cultural memory is not to be misunder 
misunderestimated. Not to be underestimated, that, that, like, the crash, like, in, in Rome, supposedly, they have the crash that Jesus was actually held in, right? Yeah. They also have, interestingly, Jesus' foreskin. But right. We'll talk about that maybe. And if you go, well, but, well, well, wasn't there a fight over the foreskin? Like, yeah, there was. like didn't someone have it? And yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But here's the thing, and, and and this was this is a point made. Like maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Who who knows? But if you had been there, like, and you thought this was the Messiah, and you were say cutting his hair or something, I mean, there, I I have a friend who's got Elvis's scarf, right? I'm scared. And you can guarantee that a thousand years from now. They're still going to be saying this is uh, his scarf. I'm yeah. skeptical of the foreskin claim. <laughs> I, I me too. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but also, if you go, there's to, also a feather of the angel Gabriel yeah. by the way, somewhere. Right. So if you go to the Istanbul, <laughs> like the, I think it's called the Islamic. I don't know, the Islamic Museum or something. Yeah, they claim they have like hair from the beard of Prophet Muhammad and stuff right, like right. that. But but yeah. then again, yeah. okay, let's say you are my, the Prophet's barber. Yeah, I wouldn't throw that away. Yeah, I'm guessing. You know? I'm guessing that hair belongs to some Turkish dude, like three, maybe. Four years but, ago. but then again, <laughs> I mean, I you know, I the uh, the I have a friend who's a Norbertine priest, and for the feast of Saint Norbert, 500 years after he was dead, they brought all the relics back together again to celebrate, mm -hmm. and it turned out he had three legs. It's yeah. like another miracle. <laughs> I got. Right. I have. I, I have. A, I have a trivia question. Uh, but still, like here, right here, this is a little uh, on my wall here. This is a strand of Mother Teresa's hair. Okay. And this was given to me by her nun who cut her hair. Okay. So, I don't know. Like, I, I'm. I'm sure that is what we claim it is. You know? I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you a, tri a, 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 a trivia question. Uh oh, I'll fail. Okay. I give up already. Who's the, who's the saint of the day? Oh, who's the saint for today? We, we didn't celebrate a saint for today. Oh, man. Yesterday was James. Uh, oh, I don't know who is it. You got a lot of saints for today. Yeah. Blessed Maria of the Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. I, yeah I don't also, know you know is. who that is? No. I also no known idea. as Maria Gracia Taralo. Uh, she's a passionist, right? I guess a nun. She was from Naples. She was a nun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she became a. She was beatified in two thousand six. Oh wow! Yeah. Wait, not Maria Goretti. Maria Gracia. Gracia. Oh, hmm. She she made a private vow of virginity at age five in front of a statue of the Blessed Mother. <laughs> made her first communion at oh. age seven. Oh, I think I do know and. She was so oh, no, I, the 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 same nun who gave me the holy medal to give to you. Mm -hmm. uh, she told me about her favorite saint, and now I can't remember her name. But she was like, she couldn't believe in the Eucharist, and she was like, and she was like five years old, and she was like, if this is God, you're gonna die when you consume it. Like no one can do that. Mm. And 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 as she got first closer and closer to her first communion, she got more and more excited, and she was like, I'm just gonna die of joy like how can you consume god like and then when she received her first communion she died <laughs> well today we also celebrate pope saint celestine the first oh celestine yeah yeah i was just talking about him this morning yeah there yeah because he was okay so he was in opposition to the monophysitism a portly fellow yeah he was yeah 
But but there is a there is an early Christian heresy called monophysitism, right. which which I, which which the Oriental Orthodox. Well, they Ar- don't claim to be monophysites, but on they on, are. on that stream, yeah, the, yeah. the Armenian Apostolic, the Coptic. Yeah, but they don't and, like to be called monophysites. Right, there's so. another word for it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in any case, Pope Celestine resisted that. Okay, so uh, about I think it's like thirty years after his death, the Empress Theodosia. She has an affair with this guy named Virgilius, who is uh, a bishop. So she has the Pope poisoned, and she and then she poisons the whole curia, and she starves the new uh, curia until they elect her boyfriend Pope. Mm. So Virgilius, and she says, and she makes a deal with him. She says, I'm going to give you 700 pounds of gold, and what you're going to do is you're going to canonize Nestorius who was the monophysite guy. And you're going to posthumously excommunicate Pope Celestine. Mm. So Virgilius says, that's cool. And he, and when he takes over, he, he go he says, I got to go on retreat for a while. And he goes off with his 700 pounds of gold, has a party, comes back, assembles all the bishops of Rome, says, I have this big announcement. And from the throne of St. Peter, he excommunicates the empress and canonizes Pope Celestine. Mm. <laughs> so she has him tortured to death. But well, but the interesting thing is that like when push came to shove, he he just didn't do it. He didn't like, do it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this about the Monophysites, right? Yeah. So you, you're talking about the Armenian Apostles of the Church, the, the Coptic in, in Egypt, the uh, various ones in Syria and Iraq and Lebanon and the Syri- Syrian Malachite who are heavy in India and South Asia. Right, uh, oh. right, right. Okay, so if you look at these churches, these churches are really in the doghouse. They're really have, I mean... The, what, what do you mean in the doghouse? Well, I, I read a good book. Um, I'll look it up, the title. I think it's called The Vanishing, about the disappearance of Christians oh. in the Middle East. You know, so I know there's a schism or a difference between them and the Catholic Church, right? Yeah. But... Uh, uh, you know, these are people that uh, have, are very committed oh, yeah. to, to, and, 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 and are dying or being bombed yeah. or being uh, enslaved, executed. Yeah. Um, uh, so certainly there has to be a degree of respect for these. Uh, oh, oh yeah. 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 It basically, yeah. I think uh, this, okay, not, this may be controversial, but I think basically the Catholic attitude toward the Orthodox mm. is very much the way many but there's two Anglicans orthodox think. there's the eastern and there's the oriental oh orthodox. yeah there's yeah. there's i mean there's so many different yeah. basically it's it's cultural right but, but i mean the but, eastern but we would love to be in yeah. communion with them and i believe yeah. i could be wrong here yeah. but i believe catholics are allowed to receive communion at orthodox churches but orthodox do not well allow I, I just want to make this distinction though the orthodox have two the eastern orthodox are in communion with each other which are the Greek, the Russian, the Serbian, the Macedonian, Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Yeah. Are in com- the Greek and the Russian still yeah. in, in they're, they're in communion, I, th- I believe so. At one point, they excommunicated but, each other, the patriarch. And then the Oriental are in communion with each other. Okay. But they're not, which are, the, you know, like in Egypt, Middle East, et cetera. Okay. But they're, okay. Not in communi- they're not in communion with the Greeks and the Russians, et cetera, like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The problem is that to have, to, uh, to have, I, I believe even most Orthodox patriarchies acknowledge that to have an ecumenical council, to, to make a decision about doctrine, you have to have the Bishop of Rome, mm. right? And that, I believe, uh, 
t- t- in here, I'm conjecturing, I guess, but I think it's an educated guess, that they, they believe that the Bishop of Rome has apostatized, but they still can't make any real progress in theology. Be- they're, they're sort of trapped in time because they... They can't I'm not get sh- the Bishop of Rome on board. I'm not sure of that, but I know what they. I know one of their. I do know one of their theories is that uh, the Bishop of Rome shouldn't have be elevated any higher than any other. Right. Uh, uh, and uh, Francis yeah. has kind of put that on the table. Yeah, he, he's uh, and John Paul II was like, we need to rethink the role of the Bishop of Rome. Mm. But the thing is, I mean, I don't know. My my personal opinion, I suppose, is that. Somebody in the end has to be the one to say yes or no, and there has to be some authority. That's what, like, my mom. I I remember asking my mom because you know there's this famous passage in St. Paul where he says, "Women be submissive to your husbands." Yeah. And I was like 13. I was like, "Mom, who's the head of this household?" And she was like, "Your dad." And I, I laughed because I didn't believe her, and and she was like, "Look, in the end." Someone, you know, when push comes to shove, someone's got to make the decision. And we're, you know, your dad, you know, makes more money. And he, she just, we just decided that he was going to be in charge. You know, he was going to have the ultimate say. Do you know about the seven sleepers of Ephesus? The people of the cave? Oh, man. The seven sleepers? A group of seven young Christian men who hid in a cave in hopes of avoiding the persecution of Decius in the year 250. Found, uh-huh. found and arrested, they were ordered by the proconsul in Ephesus to renounce their faith. They refused and were sentenced to die. Legend says they were walled up in their hiding cave, guarded by the dog El-Rakim. When the cave wall was breached in 479, they all walked off. out. <laughs> 229 years in the cave. Hey. You know it is likely... That the youths were tortured to death in various ways and buried in the cave. The resurrection story confusion came from the phrase, went to sleep in the Lord, uh, which was used to describe the death of Christians. And, set, and 479 is when, their, <laughs> is when their relics were discovered. Their names were Constantius, Dionysius, Joannes, Malchus, Martinius, Maximus, and... Serapion. Okay, well there you go, man. There, the seven sleepers. Yeah, the seven sleepers, man. My my favorite feast day is the feast of Saint James the Dismembered. Mm. <laughs> I don't know anything about him. I don't know when it happened or what, but I just love I just love his nickname. Yeah, I mean you got <laughs> you got this whole list of saints of the day. So <laughs> where uh, where did you find this? This is on uh, uh, a Catholic app. <laughs> I downloaded this. Oh come on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I download this app so I can follow the mass, you know, because the mass okay. is like, and, but uh, they got all this cool stuff. Like today is also, <laughs> I mean, I'm going through this Saint Lillian of Corvoda, also known as Liliosa, lay woman in Moorish controlled ninth century Spain, so she lived under Muslims, married yeah. to Saint Felix of Corvoda. <laughs> uh, well, you missed the feast Cordo. of Saint Drogo. He's my, he's one of my favorites. A covert Christian who was careful not to display enough of her faith to risk the attention of Muslim neighbors. Uh-oh. However, stories of the persecutions of active Christians shamed her into openly living his faith, martyred in the persecutions of Caliph Abdurrahman II Uh-oh. in Cordoba. What, do, do you know who that was? 
Uh, no, not that particular name. No, I don't know that name. Uh, even though I did read, I read a book on the history, and I'm sure it was in the, you know, one of the numerous, you know, names and battles and stuff like. That. Mm-hmm. So you got all kind of stuff. Blessed Modesta Vegas e Vegas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a, you know, Blessed Joaquin Villanova Camalanga. You know what I'm saying? There's, a, there's, a, oh, this is an easy one. Blessed William Davies. There you go. <laughs> you know, was he, was he a, I bet he was an English martyr. He was uh, born in Wales and died in Wales. Yes, Wales. You know Welsh martyr. I have a piece of a skull of a Welsh martyr. Is that right? Uh, yeah, at Oxford Oratory, I, I was looking for a relic, and they said, we have a skull of a martyr. I was like, really? And they brought it out to me, and I was like, oh, man, I really want a relic. So they took a hammer, and they... <laughs> Hit the skull and then a piece popped out in the hand of Joe. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Disagreement with Umar Lee and Father Augustine Weta. If you like this podcast and feel that there should be more disagreements, please subscribe, add a review, tell your friends about us. <laughs> Salam alaikum. Edkum Spiritu Tuo.